thought you'd come with a crown of gold, a string of pearls, and a cashmere robe. We thought you'd clench an iron fist and rain like fire on the politics, but without a sword. No armored guard, but common born in mother's arms. The government now rests upon the shoulders of this baby's son. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Faith on Hill's online Sunday morning service. We gather together every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., both online and in person. Now, in person, we're at our building on Hill Road. We gather together for kids' church, worship through song and prayer, the study of the Bible together as a community of faith, and then we scatter throughout the week in small groups. Now, let's be honest, it's Christmas week. The small groups are not meeting the next couple weeks, but in a couple weeks in January, they'll be back together, and you can email smallgroups at faithonhill.com for more information. Online, you can search Faith on Hill Church on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You can go to our Facebook page or our Instagram at Faith on Hill, and you can like, subscribe, all the things you do on there. We appreciate all that. It helps out. If you want to support the work that God is doing here at Faith on Hill, then you can go to our website, faithonhill.com, and there is a giving option as well. We don't make a big deal about money here at the church. We don't take an offering. Um, there's a box in the back of the sanctuary if anybody wants to give. Um, but, you know, it's not just, you know, there's, there's costs associated with electricity and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that's part of the deal if you want to support the work that God is doing here. All right. We are continuing our... Christmas series, and we're talking about an uncomfortable Christmas. We're going to still be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Well, like I said last week, as I read over the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke, I was struck by how uncomfortable everything is in the story. Nothing is good. Nothing is comfortable. Nothing is easy. And I want to make a suggestion. The first suggestion is God is working even in uncomfortable circumstances. And then I want to make another suggestion that God might be working even among people or through people in your life, in your world that you don't want to be around. And finally, I want to make the suggestion that our obedience to God, yours and mine, even when it is most uncomfortable, might be a place where we see God working the most. Nothing went according to plan. I guarantee 
When Mary was told, you will conceive and give birth to a son, that she did not envision nine months later, nine months later, where there she is in a stable, giving birth to a child and taking some cloths and wrapping him up and using a feeding trough. Manger is such a nice, safe, sanitized word. I guarantee that she did not think I will do all this and then put the child in a feeding trough as a crib. There's not even going to be a spare room for me. I won't be home. I won't be with my family, with my mother, with my sisters. I won't be with the people, my support network. I'm going to be days and days journey away from everything I've known. Nothing is going according to plan. Can I tell you a story? It's a true story because it's my story or it's partly my story. When my younger son was born, we were living in California, and the nearest, we had Kaiser there, and the nearest Kaiser Hospital was uh, 20 minutes south in a different town. And that's fine, you know, shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, We'll be able to get there. We went and checked out the hospital. It looked good. Okay, cool. So then the time comes. And unlike Jesus, who was probably almost certainly not born in December, uh, our younger son was. And so it's December, it's, it's, we're, we're, the time is here, it's very clearly time, we're counting the, the contractions and the length of the contractions. And so we call down to the birthing center at the hospital down there in Vallejo, and we say, hey, we are getting ready to come in. And they say, there is no room for you at the birthing center. We are full up. And there is a brand new Kaiser Hospital 40 minutes away, and you need to call them. So we call them, and they say, there is no room for you here. You need to go to Roseville. Roseville, California, is an hour and a half away. Maybe you could get there if you're driving fast in an hour and 15. It is a really decent chunk of driving. You got to go out past Sacramento. I know this California, you know, Northern California Bay Area geography is totally uninteresting to you. But understand, if you think we're just going to go to the hospital 20 minutes away, and then you get told, no, you're going to go to the hospital 40 minutes away, and then you get told, no, you're actually going to go to the hospital an hour and a half away. And I remember telling the gal on the phone, I said, ma'am, With all due respect, there's no way that I'm taking that chance because these contractions are coming faster and quicker and we need to get to a hospital and there better be room in Vallejo because that is where we need to go. And she says, there's not. But then she, she said, but your insurance, the way that your coverage is, if you cannot make it to one of our hospitals, you will be fully covered at any other hospital. Great. My son, Jack, was born not at Kaiser Hospital, but at a hospital out of network that was three minutes down the road from our house. And we showed up, and they had no idea who we were, and they said, who are you? And we said, we are Kaiser people, and we were going to go to Vallejo, and they said there's no room, and they were trying to send us to Roseville, and we came here. And those gals, you know, it's funny, supposedly Vallejo's full up, the hospital in in Napa, there was no one. It was a dead night. And they were just like, hey, we were kind of bored. Cool. Literally, somebody said that to me. And so he was born there. Nothing went to plan. Our whole birth plan is thrown out the window. We were at this hospital we never expected 
to be at. Reading this, I'm struck by that thought of nothing is going to plan. And yet, God is working. God is working. That God has brought them to the place that he always knew Jesus would be born into. When things don't go to plan. And you know what? We make all kinds of plans this time of year, don't we? You know, my wife and I had to sit down recently and make sure everything was kind of scheduled out. We knew what we were going to do. And even then, I am sure that as I'm recording this now, thinking about the couple weeks ahead, you know, Christmas, all the church stuff we have to do, the family stuff we have to do, New Year's, all the church stuff, all the family stuff, and then we have to get ready to go back to school, and the kids are going back to school, and, you know, wife's going back to work, all that stuff. What are we doing? And I guarantee something's not going to go to plan. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Something is not going to go to plan. And our lives are like that. There are things that we do Places that we find ourselves and you think, how on earth did I ever find myself here? I was saying that to somebody just this week. I actually said it to several times this week. I, I look at where things are and I never thought, I never thought I'd be a pastor here in Oregon. I never thought that life would take where we do and where we've been. And, you know, I met my wife when I was in middle school and everybody thinks, oh, you were guys were like high school sweethearts. No. If you know the story, you know, my wife and I met when I was in middle school. Her brother, she was in high school by then, but her brother was in youth group with me in middle school youth group. And we don't remember. I remember meeting her brother. And we know we were on this youth group camp, this big trip, because there's photos of us in the same space. But she was like an upperclassman. I was a freshman. And she's there like with her friends talking about like real life and going to college. And I'm in the back with the other freshman boys like farting and things. And, and there's... This whole thing, like if you had said, oh, somebody in this room is going to get married to somebody else in this room, it would have been true and it would have been me, but nobody would have said, oh, Adam and Angie are the two that are going to get married, right? Sometimes things not going to plan or not going to expectation work out great and they have for me, but sometimes things just go not the way you're expecting and you go, what is happening? And then later on, you see how God's hand was working everything out. I have talked to person after person after person who have been stuck, waiting, plans change, things fall apart, and then something clicks together and they can look back and they can see how what seemed like a bunch of wrong turns were actually a way that God was moving everything together to bring them to a certain place and time and a moment. Some of us have seen that. Some of us are believing in that. Some of us see the wrong turns, what we feel like are missed opportunities, plans falling apart, and we're saying, God, what are you doing? And we have to hear the testimony of others who have walked these roads, and we have to say, oh Lord, in faith, help me to believe. Jesus needed to be there in Bethlehem. Jesus needed to be where God had prophesied that the Messiah would be. And it was there that God was going to prepare them, strengthen them. But all this stuff that happens in the Christmas story and God working and moving happens when everything just seems to go sideways and south. There's no way that being born in the stable and being placed in a manger was part of the plan. And yet you cannot tell me 
that Christmas wasn't a prime example of God working and moving among human human humanity is the word I'm looking for. Sometimes God works in the middle of all of our broken plans. Maybe the reason is so that we know that it's God and we can't lie to ourselves and say it was us. And oftentimes God works in and through and through us to others that maybe you don't want to be around. You know, I can't imagine that Mary was super stoked when a bunch of people showed up. You're tired. You're exhausted. You've just given birth after this long trek, and now you've given birth. And, and you know, I don't know whether the, pregnant, the birth was an easy birth or not. I, I'm not going to have any delusions that it had to be an easy birth just because it was Jesus. But here is Mary. She's just given birth. And I was thinking about my older son when he was born. And he was born and in the hospital he was supposed to be born in. And I don't know what it is about my children being born in hospitals that we live by. But my older son, when he was born, he was born in a hospital that we lived a block away from. It was very easy to get there. My younger son was born in a hospital that we lived literally just down the street, three minutes down the street. And then about a year after he was born, we moved into a condo that was right next door to the hospital and 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 it was right next door from that that whole that whole complex and you know we could just look out our window and say oh that's where Jack was born you know and I don't know what it is about our family and, and having our kids be born next to places or in places that we live next to but you know what I remember when our older son was born you know we told because it was the first grandchild on either side of the family, first nephew on either side of the family. And we said, hey, we don't want anyone there during the birth. It's just going to be us, the doctors and nurses. And then one of our moms came in. I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of our moms came in. And it was like, you know, we're there. Angie's lying there. Contractions are happening. We're kind of getting ready for the whole thing. And then in walks one of our moms. And I look and I am just like, you are not supposed to be here. And I got to think, if you just given birth and then all of a sudden a bunch of shepherds show up and you think, oh, are we in trouble? Are they going to kick us out of their stable? Is this their stable? Oh, wait, they want to talk to us. Oh, wait, they want to see our baby. I just want to sleep, Right? I just want to sleep. I remember after my older son was born and, and we had been up all day and it's super late in the night and I'm just trying to let my wife sleep because I'm, I'm a dumb guy, but I'm not so dumb as to think that I have had a hard day relative to what she's had. So I'm just like, oh, I just want to let her sleep. So I'm there holding our son as he's crying and trying to soothe him so that she can sleep. And all I can think is, oh, I'm so tired. I just want to go to sleep too. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to be a good guy, the whole thing. And can you imagine Mary's there just trying to rest, just trying to sleep. And then all these people show up and they want to see your baby. And maybe Joseph says, hey guys, not to be rude, but a little bit rude. Hey, we don't want visitors. We just need some privacy. Is this your stable? Sorry, we can get out tomorrow, but we just need to rest. But these guys don't want them to rest. These guys want to see the child. Because the announcement has been made. They have been told shepherds who were not highly regarded 
in the culture of the day. And they have now been told, hey, good news, glory to God in the highest. They've been told what's happening. They've been told as they sat out in the fields, tonight the Messiah has been born. And they want to see it. Who are the shepherds in our day? I would say, imagine a bunch of homeless people showing up into a hospital room wanting to see the birth of your child. Imagine if you're, you know, whoever you think is like the worst in our society showing up into the hospital room to see the birth of your child. Because they've heard, they've seen, and they want to believe. God is working and moving in these shepherds' lives. It says they go away rejoicing. They tell all who heard. I actually believe one of the reasons, one of the reasons that the time around Jesus' public ministry, John the Baptist, Jesus himself appearing on the scene, one of the reasons that there was such significance is that God was using these events to lay the groundwork. That when John the Baptist appeared on the scene 30 years later, People would have remembered, heard stories. If you were 15 years old, you would have heard the stories of a time not long before you were born, when strange and marvelous things happened. When John the Baptist appeared at the Jordan River, imagine that you were a young boy and you heard the shepherds tell this tale, and now a prophet, and there hasn't been like a recognized prophet in Israel over 400 years, and now... A prophet has shown up and he's baptizing people in the river. And you say, oh, I remember. Wait, angels appeared to the shepherds. What if that was real? Hey, this is happening. This whole thing starts to begin to move. And you go, oh my goodness. Maybe something is happening. And it was because of the work God was doing in these low, outcast, marginalized people. I want to suggest that maybe... There are people around us who we don't want to be around, who maybe we think I, sh I shouldn't value. And those people are doing the work and God is doing the work and maybe he's using them to work and minister and change us. Or maybe he's using us to work and move and encourage and minister to them. I don't know. But I know that God works in situations that we would not expect and in and through and because of people that maybe we don't want to be around. And then in verse 21, it says, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. That's kind of a boring end of the story. He's born. Angels appear. Shepherds go running. Everything's exciting. Oh, on the eighth day, they circumcised him. They named him, gave him the name. The angel told what? It's kind of a boring end to the anticlimactic, somebody might say. But think about this. Jesus fulfilled the law in every single way. And there were some ways in which he could not fulfill the law on his own. Couldn't. No eight-day-old child can drag themselves to be circumcised, to be presented to the Lord in the way that was prescribed. His parents did. 
His parents gave him the name that they were instructed to name him. His parents did what was right in the law of God on his behalf. You know, I can't tell where you're at because I'm not you. I don't know what's going on in your holiday season. Is it an up? Is it a down? Is it kind of an in-between? I don't know. But I know this. I believe in faith that God is working and moving in our lives, through our lives, as his Holy Spirit is permeating and filling and spreading from our lives. And as God is working and moving, we might think it's the big thing. Oh, the angels appeared. But it's also possible, as much as I'm, I'm suggesting that the angels appearing and the shepherds going out and telling everybody they can about what had happened, it might have laid the groundwork for people like John the Baptist, maybe. But maybe it did nothing but change the lives of those shepherds. Maybe the huge work, the big work was done as Mary and Joseph were faithful to what God had given them to do. Because of their faithfulness, Jesus was rightly able to go to the cross as someone who had fully fulfilled every piece of the Old Testament law. God was working for your salvation, for my salvation, because two young people had this boring end to the story. Angels appeared, shepherds run. Uh, we went and gave him the name God gave us. And in that boring faithfulness, God worked and moved as part of a bigger plan to rescue us. Christmas isn't really about, from the Christian perspective, I should say, Christmas is not really about all the things that we've made it. I love Christmas. I love chestnuts roasting on an open fire, even though I've never seen that in real life. I love the music. I love the decorations. I love the trees. I love all of it. But for the Christian, Christmas is the beginning of the road that leads to Easter. And it happens because in some bad situations, in some broken plans, among people that no one cared about, a young couple that everybody thinks shacked up together, these shepherds that are poor and unimportant. Bethlehem is a town that, yes, had been the hometown, the family seat of the, you know, King David and his royal house, but now nobody cares about it. And it was in this unimportant place among marginalized people with broken plans that two young people, Joseph and Mary, were faithful to what God gave them. And it was part of the bigger plan of bringing about my salvation and your salvation because our sins were many because the wickedness of our hearts was overflowing and there's only you know you can always look and say oh i know what adam's done or what you've done or what you know this person's done publicly but what about all of the things that we've done privately that no one knows and god knew and jesus fulfilled the plans of the father to save humanity and it all happens because in broken places with broken people and people you might not want to be around and people that, that plans that don't go the way we think and you think, oh man, it's so boring to just do the right thing and the simple thing. And yet here it is, God working and moving. God is working and moving wherever you are at 
this Christmas week. God is working and moving even if and when things don't go to plan. It doesn't all happen the way you should. You think it should. You know, whatever is happening. I trust, believe, and hope that God is working in your world this Christmas week. God bless you. We'll see you this Wednesday night for our Christmas carol service at 7 p.m. And then next Sunday, Christmas Eve, for our family Christmas service. Can't wait to join with you and celebrate the birth of Jesus. Oh, 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 this baby's son. Oh.